You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Sands to the End Zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos analyst for the Lockdown Network and Nine News, joined alongside our co-host, Sarah Bettinger, Broncos analyst for the Lockdown Network and Nine News, and also site expert at Predominantly Orange, a fan-sided network. Sarah, the Broncos, they released their first unofficial depth chart looking forward to breaking that down and Broncos country is freaking out about George Payton's latest comments to Peter King of the Monday morning quarterback regarding cornerback and quarterback we're gonna break all that action out today but before we do that my man how you doing great to see you doing great doing great man the last part of that intro was a was a tongue twister and you just nailed it right there so great job on that wow i surprise myself sometimes man <laughs> you should see how often like people see this the podcast that they're getting the version of you know how many times i slip up while actually recording a podcast and I'll go through and edit but you know luckily i catch myself every once in a while but uh let, let's break it down sarah you know really the broncos i think the story of the day here is that they released their first unofficial depth chart ahead of Saturday's preseason action against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, obviously, the Broncos on Wednesday, their first joint practice with the Vikings. No reports yet on how's that going by the time we've recorded the show. But the news everybody's looking into is where are guys at on the depth chart? So let's focus on this segment right here, focusing on the offensive side of the ball here. Any surprises that stand out to you initially here before we go over the entire depth chart in general? Yeah, no, I think it's pretty chalk for the most part. Uh, um, it's good to see they're they're really listing things, you know, in terms of the competitions that they've declared. They've really gone kind of the the politically correct, if you will, route with you know positions like quarterback and right tackle. So right tackle, you've got Calvin Anderson or Bobby Massey listed on the on the unofficial, which is released by the team. So how is it not official depth chart? You know, um, and I the only thing I was honestly surprised by was to see Natani Muti listed behind Dalton Reisner at left guard instead of behind Graham Glasgow at right guard. So yeah. those are the only thing that was the and it's such a minor thing. Right. But that was the only thing that was really surprising. Otherwise, it kind of seems like they went maybe a little the seniority route or maybe kind of based on last season and, and just mixing these new guys in. When I even go back to Vic Fangio's comments where he was talking about that even if you have your depth chart, right, it may not necessarily be the way with how they're going to rotate personnel, right? Because when I look at wide receivers, obviously you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy listed as starters, Melvin Gordon, you have Noah Fan at tight end, uh, you, like you mentioned to at right tackle, Calvin Anderson or Bobby Massey, Glasgow at right guard, Lloyd at uh, center, Dalton Reisner at left guard, Garrett at left tackle. Uh, but in terms of the wide receiver positions, you have Jerry Judy, and then you have behind him, K.J. Handler. Behind K.J., you have Tyree Cleveland, who's been injured for a good portion of training camp. And behind Tyree Cleveland, you have Kendall Hinton, who's been making plays and has been in the rotation. And then behind Kendall Hinton, you have Seth Williams, the Broncos' seventh-round pick out of Auburn that has also been making plays in practice. Then on the other side, you have Cortland Sutton, obviously wide receiver one. Tim Patrick behind him. Deontay Spencer behind Tim Patrick. And the surprise to me, I think, a little bit was Trinity Benson behind Deontay Spencer at wideout, considering we've been seeing Benson make plays 
so far throughout training camp. So it just tells me kind of the seniority route that you were alluding to a little bit earlier here. Now, I imagine we're going to see a lot of guys play. Now, the one guy that stands out to me that I'm interested in seeing play this upcoming Saturday is Devontrez Dukes. He's been a uh, wide receiver that Drew Locke has found a very good relationship with so far in training camp, even though he's at the bottom of the depth chart specifically. I'm not going to read too much into that. Now, how much do you invest in this depth chart as it maybe pertains to this Saturday's game? Because from what I've been told is that we're not expected to see much of the Minnesota starters. Yeah, I think that you have to take a lot of it, meaning everything behind the starting unit with a grain of salt. I think when you look at the first unit on the offensive side, I think the Broncos are being pretty straightforward with, you know, like I said, right tackle and quarterback, but then also positions that we were all kind of wondering about going into training camp, right? Like center with Lloyd Cushenberry and Quinn Miners. They've clearly separated those two guys. What about running back with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams? They've clearly yeah. separated those two guys. So I think that there's there's nothing really surprising in that first unit, but behind that, I think you really have to take it with a grain of salt and say, like you said, you know, Tyree Cleveland hasn't really been practicing a whole lot. So it's, it's, you know, it's possible that somebody's passed him on the depth chart internally. Same thing with Deontay Spencer, who's been missing time due to the knee and, and could miss some time this week yet again. So I think that there's some things in there that they're, they're kind of keeping close to the vest and they're not necessarily saying, all right, we're going to put Kendall Hinton above all these guys, or we're not going to put Trinity Benson above all these guys right away. We're going to continue to keep it kind of a mystery, kind of keep it a secret while we're really thinking internally and get these guys in rotation, throw them all in with the first team and see kind of what happens. Well, this has not uh, been something that surprised me necessarily because ever since Vic Fangio has become the head coach, there's really been this mystery, I think, going into every season as to how the depth chart may play out. Now, I think once we get it ahead of the week one matchup against the New York Giants, we'll have a better idea. But, uh, you know, real quick, Sarah, one guy I want to touch on. He's on this depth chart here, Royce Freeman. We talked about the Broncos running back room. It's interesting to note that the Los Angeles Rams still haven't done anything to really add a running back since Cam Akers tore his Achilles. However, the Broncos play the Rams week three in Denver, the preseason home opener at Empower Field at Mile High. Do you feel like I, – I, I just can't imagine seeing a lot of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in the preseason. I think we'll see a little bit, maybe a series or a few plays here and there. But I think we're going to see a majority of Royce Freeman, Mike Boone, and even Demaria Crockett and Levante Bellamy in this preseason action. But I feel like for the Broncos, could they be positioning Royce Freeman up in the preseason to maybe showcase and increase his value potentially for a trade? I think absolutely. I think you're spot on with that, man. I think there's no question that Royce Freeman is going to be showcased all throughout the preseason. And wouldn't that be ironic? You know, we spend an entire offseason talking about Royce Freeman potentially being on the trade block, potentially being on the roster bubble, being cut. And then he comes out and has this great preseason. And then we trade him for, you know, what running backs are probably going for these days. No, no more than maybe a fifth or sixth round pick, if that. So it would be kind of ironic to see Broncos country kind of get a little, you know, up in arms over the fact of, man, we should have got better value for this guy. He tore it up in the preseason or man, we should have kept him. He did so well. You know, that's kind of just the nature of the beast. Right. But I do think that they are going to showcase Royce Freeman for sure, as well as those other guys behind him. Like you mentioned, Demarie Crockett, Levante Bellamy. Bellamy kind of got some action last year on special teams and he's listed on the special teams depth chart at kick returner. So maybe we'll see him get there. Um, and I also think Demarie Crockett and there was a number of times in just a couple of days that I was at training camp that I'm like, man. 39 looked explosive on that player. Man, 39 just kind of came out of nowhere out of that scrum. Um, so I think that Crockett is a guy to keep an eye on. I really like his potential, and I think the Broncos obviously do too, having signed him kind of last year to that 
the, to the practice squad and then to the reserve future deal. Gotta love the Mizzou connection that the Broncos have internally. Albert Okwebunam, you have Crockett and Drew Locke. We'll see how things go, but Sarah, obviously joint training camp practices, uh, you know, something we're continuing to monitor here this week here, Lockdown Broncos, ahead of Saturday's preseason action, which you can catch nationally on the NFL Network 2 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Sarah and I are going to have you covered leading up to kickoff and also the postgame report. We have you covered. Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to shift our focus to the defensive side of the ball. I feel like we can probably take a little bit more stock into the defensive depth chart than we probably can the offensive side of the ball. We're going to explain why. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode. The show that's our good friends over there, rockauto.com. And if you need anything for your vehicle, rockauto.com has everything. They're a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. 20 years is a great service. I have personally used rockauto.com to get something new for my vehicle. I just bought new floor mats for my vehicle last month. Last year, I bought a brand new steering wheel cover because the Colorado heat had melted my steering wheel and I needed something to protect it from the UV rays. Rockauto.com delivered it directly to my door and I rock with rockauto.com because their prices, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. You don't have to worry about spending too much money anymore at local auto parts stores because rockauto.com, they have your back. And I want you to check it out today. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Sarah, getting on to the defensive depth chart here for the Broncos ahead of uh, Saturday's preseason action against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I think we looked into the offensive side of the ball. There were some surprises, but I feel like the defensive depth chart that is right now, I think it's about almost as accurate as it's going to be for the regular season. Uh, Any surprises that stood out to you on the defensive depth chart when you first saw it yesterday? Well, as we mentioned with the offense, you know, it kind of seemed like they're going with the seniority route here. So to see on the defensive side of the ball at, at outside linebacker, Derek Tuska actually being behind rookie Jonathan Cooper, who missed, you know, a significant amount of time with the heart procedure, I think speaks volumes to the way that Cooper has impressed in just a few practices at training camp. So that was a bit of a surprise to me to kind of see, all right, well, this looks like they're playing the seniority card, seniority card, seniority card. Oh, Jonathan Cooper ahead of Derek Tuska. After Tuska kind of, you know, cut his teeth last year on special teams, did the whole practice squad thing. So he put in a lot of time last year, obviously, but I think that speaks volumes to the way that the coaching staff currently views Jonathan Cooper and his upside to contribute year one. I mean, right now looking at it, it seems like in the base package, Draymond Jones starts a defensive end. We all anticipated that. We expected that last year until the Broncos brought in Jarrell Casey, Mike Purcell at nose tackle, Shelby at D end, Vaughn at your Sam linebacker, outside backer spot. At your wheel linebacker spot, you got Bradley Chubb there. Inside backer, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell. Jewell probably not going to play in this game, so we'll probably see maybe Josie Jewell uh, maybe next week against Seattle Seahawks. But I think we'll see Alexander Johnson, Justin Sternod this week, or we could see Josh Watson and Justin Sternod this week. We have no idea just yet. Kyle Fuller at cornerback on the left side, and then you have Ronald Darby at the right cornerback position at a base, and then Kareem and Justin. So obviously with, I think the Broncos will transition a lot to the nickel. They'll transition a lot to the dime. That's where we're going to see Bryce Callahan, Patrick Sertan, and tell you what, that is a just a yoke unit right there. And I was saying it earlier on PFN Daily, I came up with a new term. Patrick Sertan, he's been dog pissing people. He's just, he can walk up to somebody, lift his leg, and no one's going to do nothing because he is 
that damn good. So very excited to see what he can continue to do here. But I will touch on this too. I was I was pretty high on Peter Kamu Penu coming into uh, you know Broncos training camp because he is an athletic guy. He spent some time with the San Francisco 49ers, was a seventh-round pick for them, and he just didn't fit in that 4-3 scheme. He's more of a 3-4 scheme guy. Now, I, I don't know what to invest in that because we know that the Broncos outside backer spot really behind Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, and Malik Reed. That's the one that is in question here. I imagine Denver's going to keep a total of five guys, but that fourth position is going to be so critical because more than likely they will receive on-field reps this upcoming season. It, it tells me a lot that when you have Jonathan Cooper ahead of Derek Tuska at this point, Derek Tuska last year, what was the biggest knock on him, Sarah? It was that he didn't have enough weight. He wasn't he wasn't muscular enough. He wasn't strong enough yet to really play his own at outside backer. That's why they brought in Anthony Ciccolo. In your opinion, do you feel like this is really a, a prove-it year for Derek Tuska, really in the preseason, preseason and training camp, because he was a seventh-round pick? I mean, he could be on the chopping block at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's very, very true, and and the pressure is on. Now that you've, you've already been replaced on the depth chart by a seventh-round rookie, a fellow former seventh-round pick, and a guy who was just selected a few months ago. So for Tuska to see that, that's got to light a fire in you. And I think we've mentioned it before on the show that really pass rushers have an opportunity to show out in preseason play because you're going up against – you know, third, sometimes fourth string offensive offensive tackles off the edge. And so if you're an NFL guy, you've got to dominate. You know, you mentioned Malik Reed and his huge preseason a couple of years ago. That Those guys like PETA, the guys like Tuska, the guys like Cooper even, and, you know, even being penciled into that fourth spot, you've got to come out there and you've got to absolutely whip these guys and prove that you can hang in NFL action. Last season, the, the desperation move to sign Chicolo – arguably the worst move the Broncos made last year. I mean, every time that guy was on the field, it was a struggle bus for him. So that was really tough to watch. And it was tough to see them have to give him those snaps because Tuska apparently wasn't ready physically. So if that's the case again this year, I think you definitely got to say, all right, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. You know, we need you to be, we need you to be ready to go right now. And so I think the game situations, again, just like with any other position, these game situations are going to make or break his roster chances, especially if, you, like you said, they're keeping five guys off the edge. Absolutely. Well, hey, looking at this defensive depth chart, you know, we know that the main starters are going to be the bread and butter once we get to the regular season. We have a lot of players we're excited to watch. But in the preseason, which of these players that are maybe behind, maybe in spot number two or spot number three or four on the depth chart, are you most looking forward to seeing this Saturday play? You know, like I said, I don't think we're going to see Baron Browning for quite some time, but Inside backer, I'm intrigued by Curtis Robinson, undrafted rookie free agent out of Stanford. He's been making plays in Broncos camp. He's been getting a lot of reps with Josie Jewell's injury. I want to see him. I don't know how much we're going to see of Justin Sternod. I imagine if he's penciled in as that linebacker three behind Jewell and Johnson, I don't know how much the Broncos want to put him out there in the preseason. He will play some, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Curtis Robinson play. Who are you looking forward to seeing? Yeah, that's a good one because because I think that they're obviously going to have to be a little bit cautious given that Josie's going through an injury, given that Sternot is coming off an injury, and there's really no experience behind Alexander Johnson. So I think that's a great one. For me, I'm definitely looking at P.J. Locke um, and, and maybe Trey Marshall. You could include those two guys because I think those two guys are fighting for one spot, and I think the Broncos are going to keep a lot of defensive backs this year. I don't think there's any secret or any question about that. A lot of times you'll see teams keep 10, 11. I think they could keep 12. Maybe if we're getting crazy 13, which is, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But I think if they're keeping five safeties, I think P.J. Locke and Trey Marshall are competing for one spot. So I'm really interested because P.J. Locke was kind of more prominently featured last season. 
kind of interested to watch him this week. Potentially just get a, you know, maybe you get those guys the start over both Simmons and Jackson. I don't think those guys need preseason reps, maybe a few, but I think you get you get PJ Locke and Trey Marshall out there and say, all right, if we throw these guys in with the starters, how do they look? So yeah. I, I'm interested to see those two for sure. Well, and I think you want to see that too, right? Because we've talked about it. it. Worst case scenario for the Broncos, if something were to happen to Kareem Jackson or Justin Simmons, and, and that's a situation we were worried about last year, if something were to happen to them, who do they have behind them? And I, I feel like you really have to figure out, are you confident with guys like P.J. Locke, Trey Marshall, maybe being able to fulfill those roles? But then you also look at the Broncos rookies, Jamar Johnson and Caden Stearns. Even though that those guys are behind Locke and Marshall on the depth chart, I don't think Broncos fans should read too much into it. I know fans were kind of exploding. They're like, we've been hearing so much about Caden Stearns in practice. Why is he at the bottom of the depth chart? It's really not that serious. The Broncos will play a lot of Caden Stearns here in the preseason. We're going to see a lot of him on Saturday. So he's also another one of those guys. I think P.J. Locke and Trey Marshall are a great choice. You know, who could separate themselves too? Because both have a role on special teams. Can Caden Stearns establish a role for himself in that same regard in the preseason? To me, the storylines at safety, I think, are endless. And it's a good problem to have for the Broncos. So, uh, I'm very excited to see how that kind of pans out. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to react because Broncos country in general was freaking out about George Payton's comments to Peter King. And we're going to break down all the action. We're going to share our side of it. We're going to share a little bit of the truth as to why the Broncos decided to go with Patrick Sertan. Because this still seemingly is a debate on Twitter. We got to get past that. We got to move on from it. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I have to tell you about betonline.ag. And they're the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. And betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The Broncos travel to take on the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. And betonline has you covered. You get all the latest sporting news, odds, and info for every sport the NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, and all of your UFC and MMA action in one place at betonline. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game and win some money today. I want you to go to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. And when you sign up, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Sarah, jumping in the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, Broncos country, if you have friends or family that are Broncos fans, make sure you put them on to Lockdown Broncos. They can get this podcast on all of their favorite audio podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, Stitcher, and more. Not to mention, if you want to pull us up on your television, if you have a smart TV, go to YouTube, search Lockdown Broncos, and bam, the episode will air the day before 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Every single day, you're going to get daily Broncos video content and coverage here. Lockdown Broncos. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube so you don't miss out on all the action with Sarah and myself. But we were talking about the Broncos depth chart in our previous segments here, but there is a big topic of discussion that seemingly cannot escape the Twitter conversation amongst Broncos fans about the team's decision to draft Patrick Sertan over Justin Fields with the ninth overall pick. Now, Sarah, I just want to be upfront. I was very shocked at first because I think that it was so ingrained in all of our, in our minds, based on all the national talking heads, mock drafts and every mock draft seemingly had the Broncos taking Justin Fields at quarterback at nine, or maybe moving up a couple of spots to get him that when the Broncos on the clock and they announced it, I was actually pretty shocked. It was not Justin Fields. I think that goes to show a little bit where the issue is with what we put out in the media because it becomes ingrained into people's heads. It becomes the expectation. But the reality is the Broncos doing all the research that they did in the pre-draft process, going to Justin Fields pro day twice to see him. 
gave the vibe that they're doing everything that they can. They're doing all the homework. They're doing the background. And it just appears that Justin Fields was not what the Broncos were looking for. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that a lot of fans became married to the idea that the Broncos were going to draft a quarterback this year or that they were going to make some big splash. And and obviously we spent a ton of time talking about the likes of Aaron Rodgers. And early on it was Matthew Stafford. And to be quite honest with you, I think that George Payton's number one target, if, if we were to be able to go in and look at, all right, their, their pre-offseason meetings, if, if we were to go in and be able to see their list, I would be willing to bet that Matthew Stafford was number one on his list. Because at this point, we really know that, that okay, the Broncos made an offer for Matthew Stafford. That's been reported by a number of different, different people close to the team. That's been reported by a number of different national guys. So if they made an offer for Matthew Stafford, that's more than they did for really anybody else other than Teddy Bridgewater. And they gave what a sixth round pick for Teddy Bridgewater and they made the Panthers pay some of his salary. So if you're talking about what the Broncos were willing to invest in a quarterback this offseason, it appears as though Matthew Stafford was their number one target because we know that no offer was ever made for Aaron Rodgers. But of course, if Aaron Rodgers were to become available, the Broncos would probably be all over that. Right. So, yeah. Up to this point, obviously, I think a lot of fans were like thinking, man, like you said, I mean, they went to Trey Lance to see him twice. They went to see Justin Fields twice. They went out to see Zach Wilson. Obviously, they're they're picking between these three quarterbacks. And there was even later on, there were some Mac Jones rumors. So I think just so many fans had had married to this idea of, man, at nine overall, if there's a QB there, and I'm pretty sure that was even reported, if there's a QB there, that they're going to take him. And when they didn't, I was also surprised as well. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not saying that, man, that was definitely like 100%. I'm on the bandwagon. We're going to draft a quarterback. We need to draft a quarterback. But I definitely think like, man, if Justin Fields is there, like he's a pretty good pretty good quarterback prospect. I would probably take him there. So to see yeah. George Payton pass on that was a surprise in the moment. And still many fans right now are, are still salty about that. And, and I can understand that. I can resonate with that. I can get that. So, but yeah, man, his, his comments to Peter King definitely stirred the pot a little bit more. Well, in terms of that, the comments were something about, you know, you have a bit, it's harder to find a franchise cornerback than it is versus all the available quarterbacks that are out there pretty much on a year to year basis. Now, what George Payton meant by that is that when you combine free agency with the NFL draft every single year, there's going to be a multitude of quarterbacks available And it's really hard. And I do agree with him on this point. I think it is very hard to find a franchise corner, right? And and there's, there's people talking about, well, you know, most of these franchise corners, they never stayed with their initial first team. That could be true, but I don't think that it's a one size fits all approach. I think that it really depends on environment and in situation. Now I can tell you this, the Broncos, their top ranked quarterback on their board was Trey Lance. Trey Lance, obviously not an option, gone at number three. So it went from that point to Patrick Sertan, guys like Penny Sewell being on the board. Sewell is obviously off the board there, but Pat Sertan was the next best number one overall prospect on the Broncos board after Trey Lance was gone. So do you really get into the argument now where I think Broncos fans, there's the conversation needs to be had. Do you take a guy that you like, but you don't love I versus maybe a position that you have a need for? And people are going to say, well, how come the Broncos drafted a cornerback when they signed Ronald Darby? Yes, Ronald to a three-year deal, Kyle Fuller to a one-year deal, Bryce Callahan entering the last year of his deal. I would say that probably makes a little bit more of a weight of the argument for Patrick Sertan because after the season, you may lose out on Callahan and Kyle Fuller. Then now you're at the nuts and bolts of the cornerback position once again. 
And you can't take a quarterback that you like just because you think that, well, we've got to take a quarterback because that's just what you do if you have this pick. And like you said, they did a Paxton Lynch, 100%. Exactly, exactly that situation. I'm not saying that Justin Fields is going to be Paxton Lynch. I really liked Justin Fields and what I saw from him. Obviously, the Broncos didn't, and they have a lot more information than I do. I mean, we heard in their in their documentary, they're talking about Javante Williams going to his uncles to get his, you know, his haircut every week or whatever. So I mean, they know all the there is to know about these guys. And I'm not saying that they they won't be wrong about this. I think that fans have a legitimate gripe. If you if you really like Justin Fields and you believe that he's gonna be great, you've got a legitimate gripe against George Payton if if Fields becomes great, right? Yeah. So right now the jury is still out. But I think in what what Peyton said over the last couple of years, which he did qualify his statement and say at least the last couple of years, it has yeah. been factual that there's been more quarterbacks available than star corners. That's just the truth of the matter. I mean, you look at any playoff and Super Bowl contender right now, and a, a good amount of them, a good number of them have acquired their quarterbacks either 2017 or even more recently than that. So the the same can't be said about the big time corners now, of course. And and Ryan Edwards, you know, our good friend Ryan Edwards pointed out that earlier in the offseason, George Payton has, has on record as saying quarterback is the most important position in all sports. So this this is getting twisted so badly into George, you know, making people think that George Payton, well, he he thinks cornerback is more important because obviously he said what he did to Peter King and has drafted Sertan over Justin Fields. So it, it makes it seem like he's prioritized corner over quarterback because he thinks that corners are more rare when in reality, that's not the case. He just didn't like Justin Fields as much as many of the NFL draft pundits and fans and analysts did and other teams you know? that needed a quarterback potentially too and uh, but i do agree with you and it goes back to the point i i think fans have a fair gripe right because i think fa- a lot of fans were so fixated on fields yeah i think there's a little bit of disappointment that he wasn't the guy but at the end of the day the organization they viewed it as a sense that patrick sertan was going to provide the most value to them at this point in the immediate future and in the long-term future than maybe that they felt with justin fields and you know, like I said, too, you know, another factor in this equation is if there's no consistency with the offensive scheme or coordinator, it wouldn't matter which quarterback comes in. I mean, for example, I mean, you go through Josh Allen, everyone wants to do the revisionist history thing, but there is no way Josh Allen would have made it in Denver in 2018 with the revolving door of quarterback coach and offensive coordinator for the last couple of seasons. And Broncos fans would not have been patient enough for him. Not saying that Justin Fields, I think Justin Fields probably is a more polished quarterback coming out of college than Josh Allen was, and he has these athletic traits and potentials to him. But every year, the position changes, the game changes, and I think that's where things are at. I think you look at the NFL now, how many wide receivers are out there, you have to have guys that can cover. So I, that's, I, I think you make some valid points on that, Sarah, and, and you know I think it's going to be very intriguing to see in the next couple of years. I don't even think we can factor in this entire season, right? If Justin Fields does not start in Chicago until maybe the midway point of the season, or maybe he gets the chance next year, I still think we have to take two to three years of data to really factor in was this the best decision, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I hope fans don't use that as a slight against Patrick Sertan because, look, he's a damn good player, and just because the Broncos didn't get Fields doesn't mean that you should take it out on Patrick Sertan. A hundred percent. Exactly. That's exactly right, and that's unfair, and that's – Unfortunately, the nature of just how some fans are. But I think you can point back to a situation that also recently occurred where a lot of Broncos fans were kind of bragging. 
leading in the other direction. You know, back team when we had the opportunity to draft Josh Allen in that fifth overall slot and instead took Bradley Chubb, who was clearly very clearly the more polished safer prospect at the time a lot of fans didn't even like josh allen as a first round pick at the time because of how inaccurate he had been in college or you know if you want to call it drops from his receivers whatever you want to call it very low completion percentage very erratic accuracy at times so there was an opportunity there to take josh allen we took bradley chubb well bradley chubb has this he nearly broke javon curse's rookie sack record in 2018 and josh allen looked terrible so after 2018 season, everyone's thinking, man, the Broncos made the right choice. Let's go and Bradley Chubb over Josh Allen. And now how many of those same fans are jumping into our timelines this year being like, man, the Broncos should have drafted Josh Allen over Bradley yep. Chubb. I can't believe John Elway didn't, you know, I can't believe John Elway didn't go to his pro day, even though Gary Kubiak did. I mean, it's just, it's just funny stuff like that, that we can be so fickle and we can be so short-sighted and we fail to see the forest through the trees and not everybody's perfect. No, none of these general managers are perfect. And I think with the the biggest gripe that people have about what Peyton said is the fact of the, the quarterback position in Denver is currently not solidified. So for him to be talking about the quarterback position as, oh, yeah, they come available more often than than franchise corners do these days. I think it comes across to fans as a lackadaisical approach to to fixing that quarterback position. So it, while I think that Peyton could have maybe worded it differently or in a better way. I think that what he's saying is is factually accurate, you know, in in recent yeah. years. So, but it, over the over the long haul, of course, quarterback is the most important position. I don't. I just wish that it was not so easy for those types of things to get twisted. Absolutely, and you know, context matters. And sometimes we see the practice of you'll see a, a bit and piece of the quote, but not the full quote, or not even the full context of the question asked, and that does lead to a lot of issues and a lot of clickbait. But you know, outside of that, you're never going to get that here at the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Sarah Benninger and myself, we're going to bring you daily objective Broncos news coverage and analysis from every angle, both sides, good and bad. We're going to bring that angle to you every single day on your favorite podcasting provider, also here on the YouTube channel. But ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude today's episode of the show. Tomorrow, Broncos training camp practices with the Minnesota Vikings continues, and we're going to recap how the first couple of days in Minnesota has gone for the team ahead of the preseason action against the Vikings on Saturday. With that said, I'm Cody Work. This is Sarah Bettinger right next to me, and we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Locked on Broncos.